Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're feeling good in the neighborhood, feeling high vibe. And if you're not, that's okay. You can always find something to focus on that will shift your energy a little bit towards something that feels good. Even if it's just a deep breath, take one with me right now. Inhale through the nose and exhale out the mouth. So good. So good. All right. So I am here to um, shuffle some cards. (laughs) I was going to tell you that if you're not feeling good, that's okay to know that um, it's part of being human. It's part of the human experience to go through the spectrum of emotions and to honor them, to feel them, to truly embody them, but to also be mindful not to let them stay too long. Um, Physiologically, as I shuffle the cards, um, physiologically, the experience of an emotion lasts in the body around 90 seconds. They have done some scientific research on that. And that wasn't a very good one. Um, And yeah, so let it roll through, but then maybe bust out a stopwatch or something, a timer, and say, all right, let me see how long I can be mad for. Go. The thing is, the reason we feel it longer than 90 seconds is because then we create stories around that thing and we build that momentum into feeling whatever it is we don't want to feel. So 90 seconds, experience it, then let it go. And then shift your attention to something beautiful like the breath or essential oils or your favorite crystal, or tarot cards, which I am about to pull for you today. So um, today I'm going to pull from the Lightseer tarot deck because I've been doing a lot of pulls from Oracle cards and kind of want to put the tarot on the show today. So today we have Page of Wands and um, (laughs) it's reverse. So we need to look at the shadow side of things. So to open our episode, we've got the page, which um, in terms of the image, we have a, hold on a second. I just lost the page for the page. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, we have um, a woman dressed in jeans and a cute, almost sunshine yellow jacket. I love the artwork here. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, I want that outfit. (laughs) How fun would that be? Um, But she is throwing a wand up into the sky and there's these beautiful swirls of energy um, behind her. 
and she looks like she's dancing and it feels like a celebration. So, uh, but we have to read the shadow side. Uh, so for the shadow side, because it has come reversed to us, it is limiting beliefs. <laughs> so funny. I'll tell you why in a second. Creator angst. Mm -hmm. A need to direct your energy. I feel that. Feeling eager to start something new, but confronted by obstacles. Hot headedness and being rebellious. <laughs> and I feel like even though I drew this card for the episode, it is also speaking directly to me. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, tarot, how you know where I'm at. Okay, so this page is a free spirit who carries infectious enthusiasm with her. Delight in her youthful, raw, and exuberant creative energy. And pay attention to the new ideas that are bubbling to the surface at this time. You will find flashes of inspiration here. Inspiration that comes bundled with massive potential. If you are feeling the creator angst of not having any solid plans to bring these insights to life, let go of your need to formalize your plans right now, <laughs> which is exactly where I'm at, my friends. Giving your ideas the space they need to develop before sharing them prematurely will allow their wings to fully form. Mm, I love that. Their, journey, their potency is limitless. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. Um, okay, so let them breathe. Spend any extra time in the pursuit of the imagination. And if you are feeling any lack of ambition or drive or feeling devoid of the inspiration that this card illuminates, know that you will find this fire when you allow yourself to dream. Basically, give yourself some space to dream. Um, and the mantra for this card is, as the dreamer of my dream, I spontaneously and passionately ignite this flame. Whew. So here's the thing. It came reversed because in essence, we are getting in our own way. We're overthinking. We want to do something. We want to create something, but we're overthinking it or we're analyzing it or we're passing judgment on it. And um, that's the fastest way to stop the creative flow. So one of the things is to pause and examine, okay, what kind of pressure am I putting on myself to create a certain result? Or what expectation do I have or that society is putting on me that is preventing me from creating the thing that I feel called to create? These are some questions to examine. Um, <clears throat> limiting beliefs. That was the first thing on the list for the shadow side of this card. We carry many limiting beliefs and some of them we're aware of, some of them we're not. 95% of our way of being in the world is run by our subconscious and our subconscious was built from birth until age seven. And depending on who was around us, they helped us form our foundational limiting beliefs. Um, as a kid, you don't know what's right and wrong. You just take everything at face value and you say, yeah, okay, I'm going to put that in my core memory banks and I'm going to put that in my core beliefs and put that in the foundation of who I am, of my identity. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe that's not exactly useful for me or that's not helping me be who I am at my most authentic self. And so we need to revise the beliefs that we have within ourselves. The limiting beliefs we need to look at and let go. Now, sometimes we don't know what our limiting beliefs are. So how do we know what we don't know? How do we get to the thing that we don't know even is there? 
right? It's like, how do I know I have limiting beliefs? Well, one way to bring the subconscious to the conscious mind, one way to surface it from down below up into the light is to journal. I know there's a lot of people out there that talk about journaling. They say, write it out, write it out, write it out. But they don't tell you why. They don't tell you what the benefits are. A lot of them, they say, journal it out. It'll make you feel better. Great. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. But what I want to do is break down journaling as a way for you to tap into the subconscious. Now, this is um, a, I don't, I guess it's a technique. Yeah. An approach to journaling that I learned way, way, way back in my early 20s. I, I want to say probably immediately after I graduated from college from um, Natalie Goldberg and her book, Writing Down the Bones. This book not only changed how I approached writing at an early age, like really early on in my writing career, but it really got me to understand that creativity comes from a place that we can't quite name or identify in a solid, like concrete, tangible way, right? AKA spirituality, intuition, all the invisible things that guide us. Um, Natalie Goldberg is a Zen Buddhist and she bases a lot of her writing practices around meditation, around sitting um, meditation. She calls it sitting Zazen. And um, the way you can journal that is really helpful is to do free writing, but there are a few guidelines when you do free writing. For me, I've I, over the years I've I've done this practice. I've modified it a little bit um, because I've I've tried different things, and I found that this approach is really helpful for bringing forth the subconscious beliefs that are holding you back. Because it starts with awareness, right? If we're going to do any healing, if we're going to do any revision to our lives, to what's holding us back, to identifying the problem, we need to bring it out of the shadows into the light. And if you don't know what's in the shadows, how do you know how to address it, right? So self-awareness is always step one towards our growth and development. And journaling in this particular way is the way to do it. So what you're going to do is obviously you're going to find someplace quiet to do your thing. No distractions. I mean, I know a lot of people like to write to music and things like that. That ends up influencing what comes out. You want to be, this is a kind of meditation. You want to be alone with yourself in the silence. That's really key. And if you are hesitant to do that, if you feel apprehensive about it, then look at that and ask yourself why. What is it about being with yourself in silence feels scary because often it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of like, well, what if I find something I don't like? Or what if, you know, this other thing happens? Or what if all the what ifs start popping in? So maybe if that's where you're at, write about that first. And if you need the music, you know, just to kind of ease you into that practice, get something that doesn't have words, some instrumental music that calms the nervous system and gives you a sense of peace, you know, cause I know there's like electronica, you don't want electronica music, <laughs> whatever. I'm like totally botching up <laughs> whatever that sounds.
sound is, but it's going to, it's going to activate your nervous system into this mode that doesn't allow for softness and for things to open up. So if you are afraid or hesitant or apprehensive of the idea of sitting in silence with yourself and journaling, then journal with some music and ask yourselves these questions. You know, why am I hesitant to be in silence with myself? What might happen? What if? Write out all your what ifs. And what's helpful for that approach is that you will physically see what is ruminating in your brain. You can get tangible. You can get concrete with what things, what beliefs are creeping around in your head telling you that it's not safe to journal, right? So some examples might be, well, what if, you know, some old wounds that I don't want to look at pop up? Okay, what if that does happen? Can you assure yourself that you are safe, that it's a memory. Okay. On the literal level, what's the worst that's going to happen to you? Will the thing that you have a bad memory of actually happen again in that moment? Chances are no, depending on your circumstances. You know, of course, when you journal, you want to be somewhere that you feel safe in your room, lock the door if you need to, light some candles, whatever you need. You know what you need. You have the power to create safety for yourself. Okay. So then after you've done that session, let's say that's session one of journaling, you identify what it is that you are afraid of. All list all the what ifs, even if you're journaling with music. Cool. Yeah. Do that. But then, and this is the practice that I have um, created based on Natalie Goldberg's practice, then create a meditative space for yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It could just be a candle. You know, it could be some incense that you light, whatever, whatever feels good for you. And when you journal, set a timer for yourself, 20 minutes. Okay. If you go over cool. Like you can ignore the timer and you keep going. But if you feel like after 10 minutes, you're like, Ooh, I don't like this. Keep going. Keep going until that timer dings. Because what's going to happen is around the 15 minute mark. That's when breakthroughs start happening. That's when awareness starts growing. When things from the, the depths, from the shadows, from the darkness start to bubble up to the surface. Because what you're doing is you are writing and identifying curiosities, things that you're noticing, right? And that the conscious mind is like, okay, we're just writing. Conscious mind, ego is like, oh, okay, we're just going to put some words on paper. No big deal. And the conscious mind, the ego starts to get into this rhythm, into this rhythm of pen on paper, writing words. It's just like, we're just writing words, blah, 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 blah. And then the subconscious can come through. When the ego is distracted in trance, which is just keeping the pen to paper, then the subconscious can come through and say, oh, look at this. Look at this thing that comes forward. Look at this curiosity. Oh, here's a sentence that's interesting. Let's see where that sentence takes us. There are more questions down this path. Let's, let's write that out. Conscious mind is just like, yeah, we're just writing words. It's cool. 
So here's, here's how you get there. You set your timer for 20 minutes and you just free write stream of consciousness, word associations, being curious of questions that come up, be like, okay, I am feeling this way and that way. Why am I feeling this way? I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I had a bad day and why did I have a bad day? Oh, this happened. This bothered me. Why does this bother me? I'm not sure. Let's look at that. This is bothering me because it reminds me of something from my past. Okay. Is that the first instance of that thing happening where you are bothered by it or can you go further back and just writing that and then seeing any associations, any connections, but here's the other thing. Don't worry about making sense. Don't worry about logical, grammatically correct sentences. Just keep writing. Even if you're skipping words, even if you just start seeing images or words, I got to write this word down and that word it's word association, free association, no crossing out. Mm -mm. We don't go back and cross out. We just keep going. Let's see what else. So no, don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about spelling. If it's like just random thoughts, fine. Just keep going. Keep the pen moving. You cannot stop. You need to keep the pen moving. Even if your pen starts to slow down, it's okay. If you run out of things to say, that's okay. Just say the, write down literally, I don't know what else to say. I'm not sure what else to say. Or there's no real questions that I really need to ask right now. And so I'm going to keep writing this until something interesting pops up. Just keep going. Literally writing those things down. Oh, you know, this was interesting. This bothered me today or that bothered me today. Or, you know, I thought I had healed this thing, but it seems like I didn't. And so why is that? Why is this habit still sticking around? Why is this limiting belief still here? I thought I let that go. Let me take a look at it again. Keep going until those 20 minutes are up. And then, of course, if you feel like you're on a roll, you've got momentum and you want to keep going, please, by all means, do. I do. I love it. I love, I love, love, love this, this process because a lot of things that I didn't realize I was, that I still held in my subconscious came to the surface. And I was like, oh, wow, that's there. So once you finish your 20 minutes, then you can take a deep breath, cleanse the breath, pause, sit with it for a little bit, close the eyes. Just take a few breaths, cleansing breaths. Yeah. Then read over what you wrote. You will be interested to see or fascinated to see what happened. Sometimes when you're writing it, you'll be aware of what you're writing. Sometimes not. Sometimes you're like, this doesn't even make sense. I don't know. But when it's complete, when that 20 minute session is complete, take a step back. You can, you don't even have to read it that right then and there. You can take a whole day. And then return to it the next day and say, hey, let me see what I wrote. Let me see what what things came forward, what emerged. And you will find that a flashlight has been shown into the shadows. You will find the things that you didn't know were there pop up and say, hey, here I am. This is why you're not able to do X, Y, Z, you know? And it's so interesting because recently I was like, oh yeah, I know this thing. You know, (laughs) the minute you say, I know, all doors of knowledge close. All opportunities for growth slam shut. 
And it's funny because a lot of us use the word I know as a sort of throwaway phrase like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. When you do that, you keep shutting the door to curiosity, to expansion, to growth, to evolution. It's really wild. And I'm aware of that. So what I, what I have done is I've, and I'm still working on it, is I've, I've changed my vocabulary just a little bit, tweak my language a little bit. When I want to say, I know, as in like, you know, I know this information, even though maybe I've yet to embody it, right? Or I've yet to let go of whatever limiting beliefs are out there. Instead of saying, I know, I'm shifting my language to, I am aware. Because the awareness then magnifies. It's really cool how that happens. It's like, I'm aware of that. Oh, oh yeah, really, I am aware of that. But the door stays open. That's what I love. Because I know, I can feel that door shutting. It's like, oh, you know it all? Okay, bye. Because what I'm about to reveal to you, you're not going to receive. So what I try to do is when I'm working with clients is to encourage them to use the phrase, I'm aware. Because then it opens the opportunity for, okay, if you're aware of that, what are you not aware of? What's underneath that awareness? Hmm. And so the curiosity starts to grow, doors start to open, opportunities for more wisdom and knowledge start to come through. It's really interesting and cool for me to see that happen, both in myself and my clients. It's really cool. So um, recently, I'll share, I'll share this little, little piece that, um, that came through recently, is um, there's this question that I like to ask people that I work with, but also myself. You know, when we're looking at our limiting beliefs, we want to ask how, okay, let me backtrack. The reality that you have right now is a reflection of what your inner world is like. Everything inside of you, limiting beliefs, our feet, our hurt wounds, our traumas, things that we hold inside of ourselves, in our soul selves, in our hearts, create our external reality, create our, ex- our experience as human beings. So let's say, you know, for example, we'll just take a random example. Say there's somebody, you know, who dates a certain kind of guy. And this guy is, I don't know, selfish. He's the guy that always decides to choose things for himself before all others. A narcissist. Okay, just for for ease, we'll just say this guy's a narcissist, right? And this person chooses to date a narcissist. And then, you know, they have a good time, they have a relationship, it's great, until she can't take it anymore. She's like, this guy's full of himself. Okay, bye, we're going to break up, bye. Right? She goes out in the dating world, <clears throat> makes a match with somebody else, they have a good time, ends up being all about himself, me, 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 me also a narcissist. And she's like, dang it. All right. I don't like this guy. He's all about himself. Okay. Break up. Bye. Go back out into the dating field. 
And I'm going to, you know, you can guess, you can see where the pattern is, right? So she ends up dating a series of narcissists and she's like, what the heck is going on? I think that I'm dating a different guy every time, but in the end, it's the same guy. What is that about? Like what, what is going on? And so the invitation there is to look within and say, okay, what inside of this person is attracting narcissists into her life? Chances are it is something rooted in her self-esteem in how she sees her worth in how she values herself. She doesn't have any of those things, low self-esteem, no self-confidence, feeling like she needs to take care of people in order to feel worthy people please in order to feel valued. And so those who are full of themselves end up coming into her life saying, oh, this person, and this is of course, unconscious level. There's nobody, (laughs) I mean, there are people, but more often than not, it's an unconscious thing. It's not like somebody's like, oh, woe is me. I'm the people pleaser. Come hang out and date with me, you know, date me. It's not, it's not like that at all. But there is that pattern that's happening, right? And so then the question becomes, all right, well, why am I attracting these people into my life? You know, what what happened between the age of birth and seven years old that set a belief in my brain, in my subconscious, that I am not worthy, that I am not valuable, Unless I am serving somebody else in that way of giving myself. I'm not talking about being in service. I'm talking about helping other people ahead of oneself, at the sacrifice of oneself. And then you see in that person's past, it's the father figure. The father was a narcissist who demanded that she care for him, even though she was a little kid to say, Hey, you know what? You're not worthy unless you fetch my slippers and my newspaper. And then maybe I'll give you a hug, you know, conditional love. I'm totally inventing this scenario, by the way. (laughs) Um, I mean, who fetches slippers and a newspaper (laughs) these days? You know what I mean? But there is that, there is that, right? And so It's really looking at our external world to say, hey, this is a mirror into my internal world. So if this person, this imaginary person is attracting narcissist men into her life, then it's an invitation to say, okay, what inside me needs healing? What inside me needs some love? What inside me needs just some attention? And that is where journaling comes in, right? These questions, we can ask them and we can raise them. So I was going back to my example. I was journaling on this question of what does this person believe me, meaning me, about friendships that have created the reality that she lives in right now? 
Okay, so I don't even know if I phrased that right. If I, the question is looking at the current reality, what is the indication? What, did the, what does the current reality indicate about that person's beliefs within her? Okay, so I'm going to take myself as an example. You can try this question at home and journal on your own because it will yield some interesting, not results, but, you know, insights for what beliefs you hold about friendships. Okay, so for me, this is something that I that I've been working on and I feel like maybe I've become complacent in that um, department, we'll say, in that department of friendships. But for the longest time, and this this goes all the way back to like, you know, little kid elementary school years that, you know, when I was the 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 loner kid, like the one who was always on the outside, never accepted, um, didn't have a lot of friends. And the friends I did have, I wasn't sure if they even were friends with me for real, or if I just imagined that they were friends and they were just being nice to me, you know, as a kid, like for me, like I, childhood trauma is like a real thing where most of my childhood has been blocked out from my memory. So I can't even speculate if they were really my friends or not. I just remember having people who talked to me and were friendly with me. Um, And I think I had like one true friend because she would tell me stuff that I was like, oh my God, what? You did what with what? And I remember just like, she's telling me all this stuff. I guess I'm her friend. Like she's confiding in me. But for the longest time, my... um, subconscious and I and I and I'm aware of it now because of the work that I've been doing the internal work that I've been doing but my subconscious has been um holding this belief that in order to have friends and sustain friendships I need to be the one that's always reaching out that's reaching out and making connections that's taking care of people that's saying hey you know are you okay are you good you know, let's hang out. Let's, let's grab some coffee. Let's, I'm the one that's being the proactive one in the friendship. And that is because I have this fear that they will leave and I will be alone. That if I don't cultivate the friendship proactively, the friendship will fade and I'll be alone. So you see that the whole, the fear is about being alone. And so as I was journaling on this, I was like, wow, that's still there. Like I knew that was there, but I didn't realize that I was still practicing that behavior. And I was like, well, isn't that interesting? So, you know, there's a few things happening there. One is like the question of, can I, am I okay with being alone, with being by myself, with having no friends? The answer is yes, consciously, but subconsciously, maybe my, you know, inner child is like, no, we like having friends in our lives. We like people, you know, so that's one thing that I, that I'm going to look at. And the other thing is there's a lack of trust, a lack of trust in having a healthy friendship in which both parties are equally contributing and being proactive to the relationship. Because if you look at it, it's a lopsided friendship. You know, if I'm the one that's always reaching out and checking in, how are you doing? How are things? Blah, blah, blah. 
not equal. And it's me reaching out and grasping and holding on to try to sustain that friendship, which, you know, may or may not last. But the thing is the self-trust piece or the trust piece in general is like this, this outdated idea that friendship needs to be something where we are in communication all the time, that we have like a regular, you know, contact um, schedule. I don't want to say schedule, but like we talk on the regular, you know, whether it's like once a week, once a month, you know, but there is some regularity in our connection. And what I found over the years, that's an interesting, um, I don't want to say it's a trend, but something that I found over the years is that I can be friends with somebody for a long period of time and not talk to them for a while. And then when we reconnect, it's like, we just picked up where we left off. It's like, oh my God, yes, let's do that. Blah, 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 blah. That recently happened uh, with my friend Kate, who um, I haven't seen since 2015. I've been in touch with her, like maybe within the year after that. And I see her on Facebook and, you know, social media and stuff. And we see each other's updates, but we don't really talk and connect until like, I think it was like a couple months ago, I was in her area and I was like, Hey, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in your neighborhood. Let's like, just real quick, like meet for lunch, catch up. It'd be so great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And we reconnected instantly, like no time had passed and it was awesome. And I loved it. And I was like, Oh, this is what a friendship is. Just trusting that we are there for each other, even if we're not physically talking to each other. And this, I was like, whoa, yes, this is amazing. And so it made me question then, all right, which ones are my friendships and which ones are my acquaintances? Which ones are my soul fam? Which ones are just social friends? You know, and for me, that distinction is important because it gives me a gauge for layers of truth and how much I share and how much I don't share and how much reaching out I do and how much I don't reach out, you know, but all of this stuff, all of this insight and information came from journaling. And that always blows my mind. I was like, oh yes, of course, of course. So don't knock it, you know, journaling is a way in. It's a way into the knowledge you already have inside of you, a way of getting connected with your intuition. You know, I always talk about tarot cards and how tarot cards are great mirrors for what's within you. Journaling is a path directly into what you need to see, what insights you need to get, and it's magic. I mean, love it, love it so freaking much. So my challenge for you is to try that for a week. A week of 20 minutes, and I know y'all are like, 20 minutes, where am I going to find 20 minutes? Hey, it's all up to you. It is your decision. It is your, within your power to decide how you're going to make 20 minutes each day for a week, why you want to do it, you know, what's your motivating factor? Are you really curious about what's happening underneath the surface or not? Are you really curious about how you might want to change your life because you're dissatisfied with it? I mean, no judgment. Sometimes we are satisfied with where we are and we're just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need to go like 
hard or higher or evolve or whatever. I'm good for now. Like maybe next week I'll try it. That's cool. Maybe I'll never try it. That's cool too. It is up to you. As long as you know that it's your choice and you take responsibility for that. Awesome. I'm just offering you some tools. So here's the challenge. 20 minutes a day for a full week journaling nonstop. Pen keeps moving. No crossing out. Don't worry about spelling. Just write. Just write. No judgment on the writing. Just write whatever comes out. Trusting that whatever comes out is the thing that just needed to exit your brain. You know, it could just be an info dump, you know, word vomit, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, just, you know, let it happen. And here's one thing that I want to add. Make it fun. (laughs) I know it's like I talk about all this stuff, like all this deep stuff. You can go deep. It doesn't have to be hard. And when I say hard, I don't mean, let's see. It doesn't have to be serious. That's what I want to say. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. Healing doesn't always have to be serious. Healing can be fun. Awareness, cultivating awareness can be fun. Growth and evolution can be fun. Make it a game. Play with it. Be like, all right, I'm going to write for 20 minutes and then I get a treat. I get that cake pop that I've been eyeing in Starbucks for weeks. Yes, I'm going to make it fun. Or... Let's see, how else can we make a game? Or you could say, you know what? I've always wanted to get that really pretty journal at Barnes and Noble, but I never knew what I was going to do with it. Now I know what to do with it. I'm going to go get that because it looks so pretty and I just want to like write in it. Now I will make a caveat about the pretty journals. There are some of us who go out and buy all the pretty journals with the intention of writing in it. And then we don't, myself included right? We don't because we're like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to write like whatever garbage comes out of my mouth into these pretty pages. You know what? That's why you bought it. Write the garbage, let the garbage exist on pretty flower press paper because that's why it's there. It's not to just like stroke it and, you know, rub the the paper because it feels so good. No, write the garbage in the pretty journal because life is too short for pretty everything. Life is messy. And so let's, you know what? Now that I'm talking, I think I want to go buy myself a pretty journal (laughs) with the flower press paper. Because I don't know where those are. The ones that I bought from like back in the day, I don't know where they are. They're like lost somewhere in some box in my mom's basement, probably. Um, I want to go buy a pretty journal with the flower press paper and I want to write garbage on it. Like literally the word garbage, just to see what it feels like to have that pen scratching the texture of that soft paper and the pressed petals and just be like, Oh, that feels good. Yeah. I want a different writing experience from just regular paper. I think that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be fun. But here's my thing, my friends, I just want you to have fun while you are cultivating self-awareness, while you are examining whatever's going on underneath the surface, because Like it or not, we got this stuff, right? Why do we have to beat ourselves up about it? It doesn't serve anybody. It just makes us feel worse and curmudgeonly. I'm like, no, life is about being light and growing and having fun. Do you think the trees are moaning like, oh, I have to bloom my flowers again? No, they're not. They're probably like, hey, guys, guess what? Spring is coming. Boom. 
I'm just going to bust open my blooms. Yes. You know, so have fun, be playful. And yeah, if you need some help with that, reach out to me and I will sprinkle some magic fairy dust on you and we'll have fun. Okay. All right, my friends. So um, to close us out, I actually am going old school today. Here, let's listen to the pages. Woo. And I'm going to read from um, The Gift, which is a collection of poems by Hafez, the great Sufi mystic poet, translated by Daniel Ladinsky. Um, And this is called A Root in Each Act and Creature. The sun's eyes are painting fields again. Its lashes with expert strokes are sweeping across the land. A great palette of light has embraced this earth. Hafez, if just a little clay and water mixed in his bowl can yield such exquisite scents, sights, music, and whirling forms, what unspeakable wonders must await with the commencement of unfolding of the infinite number of petals that are the soul? Hmm. What excitement will renew your body when we all begin to see that his heart resides in everything. God has a root in each act and creature that he draws his mysterious divine life from. His eyes are painting fields again. The beloved with his own hands is tending, raising like a precious child himself in you. It's been so long since I've read from that book, that collection, and I love it. I might have to continue on this trajectory for the next episodes. Mm -mm -mm. Love it, my friends. All right. Well, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day or evening whenever you're listening to this episode. And I will close this show, this episode, as I always do, by by saying the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagian.com slash subscribe.